happy girl. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another podcast of Women at the Well Ministries, where we believe that all of us have to come to Jesus like the woman at the well in John chapter 4. Our highest priority is making God real in your life. Whether you are listening in our app, in your favorite podcasting app, or on our website at watwm.org, we invite you to sit down with us as we look to the scriptures to learn more about God and to strengthen your daily walk with Jesus Christ. As Christians, the Lord expects us to live Christ-like. One such way that we are to be Christ-like is to be heaven-minded. We are to put away the things of the flesh and look towards heaven, living a life that demonstrates the change that following Jesus makes. Today, join us in this podcast of Woman at the Well Ministries as Kim takes us on a journey through Colossians 3, revealing what God says about how we are to live our lives. Join us as we talk candidly about what it means to live Jesus. Hello, and thank you for joining us in this podcast of Women at the Well Ministries. And you know, it's an interesting thing that really the things that are important to us, the things that matter to us, are the things that are often on our mind. And when we think about what you think about all day long, or the first thing that comes to your mind when you have just a moment of space where it's not occupied in what you have to do. What is that? What are the things that cross your mind most often? And if you were to categorize those things, are they heavenly things? Are they fleshly things? Are they things that build you up? Are they things that build others up? What are the things that occupy your mind? The Bible tells us that where our heart is, there will our treasure be also. And I believe very wholeheartedly that what we put in our minds is what comes out of our lives. And I believe where we place our attention and where we put our efforts are the things that are most important to us. And so I've decided that today we're going to look through Colossians 3, and it's probably a much better statement to say that the Lord has placed upon my heart and in my mind that we are going to look through Colossians 3, especially verses 1 through 17. So I'd like to read those in your hearing. It's a little bit of scripture to read, but it also will give us that jump on today. And we will put into our minds heavenly things as we begin to look at Colossians 3. He says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth, for you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. So as we look at the very opening three verses of Colossians 3, we are encouraged to fill ourselves with God. 
Because it says that we are dead, meaning we are dead to our flesh. We are dead in this world to the things of sin and the things of Satan. But our life is hid in Christ Jesus. So as far as the world is concerned, you've died because you're no longer seeking the things of this world. You're no longer held by the dominion of sin. You are no longer propelled forward to do the things that God would not have you do and that Satan would be leading you and tempting you. But instead, you have put on this new life. And we are told in 2 Corinthians 5.17 that behold, all things are passed away and all things have become new, that we are new creatures in Christ Jesus. And in this verse, in Colossians chapter 3, we are told that our life is hidden with Christ in God. And I love the analogy or picture that that brings to our mind because what that is telling us is that when we give our life to Jesus, when we surrender our life by giving our heart to Jesus and allowing him to wash us from our sins because we believe in him as Savior, when we do that, we are hidden or protected, or surrounded, or tucked into God through Jesus Christ. He's with us, and we are folded, so to speak, within God. And I love when we think about that, how it gives us this feeling that things in this world are temporary, but the things of heaven are forever. And so we need to set our minds, the setting your affection, the things that really matter to you, the things that drive you and propel you. We need to set our minds and keep them set on higher things, the things of God, and not on the things of this earth. And I'm afraid, my friends, if we just stopped right here, Most of us have fallen short of doing what God says to do when he tells us that we are to be heavenly-minded. Because we get so caught up in our own world and so caught up in the things that we want and the things that we're doing, and we forget that our life isn't ours, but we were bought with a price. That Jesus Christ, through the shedding of his blood on the cross of Calvary, who offered us the free gift of salvation, if we would just accept it and believe that when we believe in him and we ask him into our lives and we give him his rightful place, which is king of kings and lord of lords of the throne of our heart and our lives, when we do that, we should not be concerned with the things of this world. Because we're different. Now we live in this world and we love the people of this world and we have a calling on our lives to draw others to Jesus and to show them the light of Jesus. But the world should lose its allure to the child of God who's tucked in with Christ into God. The things of this earth should grow strangely dim. And we should ask ourselves, why is that not the case? What is wrong that we are conflicted and torn and often chasing the things of the world and 
purposing in our heart to gain more and more of these worldly things. And Mark 8, 36 says, For what shall a profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? We really need to look right now at where our life is and to borrow a, a picture from mapping, which my friend Erica will be all thrilled about, the compass and its true north guides us so that we know where we are, no matter where we are. We know what direction we are going in when we have this compass and we set it and we move in that direction. This compass that has been set to true north will show us how to go and we can get anywhere we need to go and know that we are moving in the right direction by watching this compass needle as it moves or doesn't move. We as Christians have a true north and that true north is Jesus Christ. And he will lead us and he will guide us and he will direct us. And when we are looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, when we are coming to him to get his directions on how we should live and where we should go and what we should do and the things that we should be pursuing and looking above for that direction and being completely consumed with knowing more of who Jesus is and understanding more about Jesus and having the characteristics that Jesus had and living the life that he is calling us to live. When that is us, we can then live out Colossians 3, 4, which says when Christ, who is our life, the verse goes on to say, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. But I want you to see that in Colossians 3, we're being told that Christ should be our life. He's our true north. And when he appears to take us home and call us home, we're going to appear with him in the splendor of his glory. But to be a child of God who has placed Jesus as the center of their life, who has made Christ their life, there are some things that we're going to have to do. Verses 5 and 6 give us that information. It says, Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. So what are we being told? We're told that we're to mortify, to kill, to take the power away from the evil that is lurking in us, our fleshly desires. And we are to move away from sinful living. And specifically in verse 5, we are told that we are to kill the sexual vices, the impurity, the sensual appetites, the unholy desires. We are to get rid of all greed and covetousness. We are not to deify ourselves or any other created things, nothing besides God. We're not to put anything in front of him. And we know that from very early 
In our lives, when we're taught the Ten Commandments, it says, thou shalt have no other gods before me. When Christ is our life, we have to surrender our flesh, hand it to the Lord, and ask him to take care of us. When we look at verse 6, we see that it's these very sins that the holy anger of God is going to come upon those who are disobedient, those who have been obstinate to the divine will of God. You can't sin and get by with it. The Bible tells us in Galatians, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. There is nothing you're doing that he doesn't see. Whither shall I go from thy presence? Whither shall I flee from thee? The Bible tells us that the Lord never sleeps and he never slumbers, and his eyes are watching to and fro. Whatever you are doing, you can hide from your family. You can hide from your friends. You can hide from your pastor. You can hide from your coworkers. You can hide from your boss, but you will never hide from the Lord. But the good news is, we're told in Romans 8, 38 and 39, that nothing will separate you from the love of God. You can't be so bad that God doesn't love you, which means you can't do so badly that God won't forgive you. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In verse 7, he says, in which you were also walked sometime when you lived him. Before we were Christians, we were walking in the flesh. But now you also put off all of these. So let's look at how he says in verse 8 we are to live. He says that you're to put off all of these. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. We are a new creature. Old things are passed away. He has given us a new purpose and a new way of living. And it's to be set on heavenly things. We are to be encouraged, and we are to live with a heart that is looking to Jesus in all things and for all things. We can't look like the world. We can't be angry all the time and raging and having hatred and hurt and bad feelings to others. We needn't be cursing or slandering or stop cussing. No foul mouth abuse and shameful utterances from your lips. We are to live a life that is pleasing to the Lord, that is separated from what someone who's living after the flesh, after all, those who do not know Jesus as Savior, do not have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to teach them, to guide them, to instruct them, to lead them into all righteousness. You must be different because God lives in you. 
So why is it so difficult? I'll tell you. Because you want one foot in the world and you've got one foot trying to chase after Jesus and your heart doesn't have any idea where you are. But the scripture says, I will spew you out of my mouth if you are lukewarm. In other words, you can't ride the fence. You can't have one foot in the world and one foot in Jesus. You're either all in or you're all out. And this new man has been given a new knowledge. And we have the Holy Spirit in us. So I believe we can see in verse 12 where he says, Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. He gives us a list of things we shouldn't have because they are all rooted and grounded in the flesh. But then he shows us that the new knowledge that Jesus Christ gives us that changes us and transforms us is the same information that's going to allow us to seek heavenly things. And those heavenly things are going to look positive. They're going to look sweet. They're going to look good. You're not going to be talking bad mouth foul language you're going to be merciful and kind you're going to be humble because you know that all that you have and all that you are and all that you do is because jesus christ has favored you when you begin to really sink into colossians 3 and understand what he's saying the thing you're going to come out most of all with is this it matters how you live See, we are called to be more than just saved. We are called to be ambassadors of the Most High God. And it is incredibly difficult for you to convince someone to love something you don't even look like you love. It's incredibly difficult for someone to get behind you and your cause when it's hard to see and understand what your cause is. But when you've let the flesh die and you've surrendered your life to Jesus Christ and you have given him all of who you are, when you have done that, the new knowledge is what other people see. The new man that Jesus was talking about when he said, marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. And Nicodemus was so confused. How can a man be born twice? And Jesus explains, it's born once of a woman and born once of the spirit. And that being born of the spirit is what gives us and transforms us into a heavenly thinking, heavenly-minded Christ-following, Jesus, Christ-like character. And if it's missing, if you're not seeing it, there's also something else you're missing. And that, no doubt, is the peace of God. 
In Colossians 3, picking up at verse 15, he says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to that which ye also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. And then he says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord, and whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Do you see how the writer of Colossians is telling us that there's a peace that comes when you let God rule in your life? As Christians, we don't have a permanent dwelling here. We are just pilgrims walking through, looking for a city who, and builder who is God. We're just waiting for our heavenly reward that we're told about in John chapter 14. When he says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in me, believe, you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. You know the way. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. But when we truly do what Colossians 3, 4 tells us, when we truly let Christ be our life, he changes us, he transforms us. He allows us to be who he would have us to be. We allow him to have full reign, and there's a peace, and there's a thankfulness. And when we let the word of God into our lives, and we incorporate it into our actions, into our thoughts, and into our words, we are different. And others may not notice everything God does for you. But you are powerful. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. You are a powerful being when you allow Jesus to be your life. And he tells us to put that word in our hearts. The psalmist David said that we might not sin against him. Psalmist David also told us that the word of God was a light and a lamp unto our feet and to our path. We are ambassadors and we can be the light because the word is the light. And the word was made flesh and dwell among us and Jesus Christ himself saved us and bought us. The Holy Spirit indwells us to comfort us, teach us, direct us and guide us. Also that we can have our hearts and our minds fixated on Jesus, and we can be heavenly-minded. I'm not sure what you think the world has that would be bigger than a constant relationship with Jesus Christ than a moment-by-moment conversation, if you want it. There is nothing as peaceful and as Amazing as a life that is sold out to Jesus. But we have to make that conscious effort. 
And the Bible says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This, my friend, is what Colossians 3 is trying to get you to do. Trying to turn your life, commit your ways, surrender your will, your opinion, your dreams, and really live. Live sold out to Jesus in the presence of God. Enjoying the anointing and the favor that only he can give. All today, it is my prayer that you carefully consider what the scripture tells us and you reflect upon your life and see, are you really heavenly minded? If you are, the things of this world are not going to have holds on you. They're not going to be weighing you down. They don't have much time or concern or regard in your life. But you're going to be about doing the Father's business. You're going to be merciful and kind. You're going to be powerful like we're told in Ephesians 3.20. You're going to call upon the Lord and he is going to hear. Things will change in you, for you, and around you. All to the glory, majesty, and honor of God. Remember, you are loved. Jesus loves you. Thank you for joining us in today's podcast. You can visit the show notes for quotes from today's podcast and scripture references. We pray today has been a blessing, and we encourage you to reach out to us through our app, our website, or our Facebook page. You can find our app by searching for Woman at the Well Ministries in your app store or through our website at watwm.org. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash watwm. If you visit our website, you'll be able to subscribe to Bible Bits, a daily devotion written by Kim and delivered Monday through Friday by text message. Woman of the Well Ministries is a nonprofit organization dedicated to serving our Heavenly Father, and it is through your loving and generous support that our ministry continues to bless others. To learn how to partner with Woman at the Well Ministries, please visit our website. Thank you to the gospel group Fudge Creek for letting us use their hit song, Happy Girl. We greatly appreciate your prayers. We are praying daily for our listeners. Remember that God loves you. You are loved.
Happy girl.